The USCCB's meeting in Baltimore is continuing apace. We've got word that they're working on a document about unworthy reception of the Eucharist, and as is usually the case, the document will almost certainly be disappointing. But I'm going to do something a bit different when I talk about this. I'm going to juxtapose this with the desires out of the Vatican, and especially out of the mouth of the Pacapapa himself, Francis the Extraordinarily Merciful. And why? Because we're being given a contrast between two focuses in the church at the moment. The church is being pulled in two different directions. And Francis has already publicly signaled his support to the self-described Catholics who serve Moloch and their continued reception of the sacraments. So let's have a fun discussion about who is in the good graces of the church and who very clearly is not at this time. First, let's begin with Francis because, as is usual, he has a strange way of framing things for us. Francis said a Mass for the World Day of the Poor a few days ago, which I didn't know was a thing in the church, to be honest, but we're all about World Days of all sorts of things, so a World Day of the Poor is actually more Catholic-sounding than what we usually get, and so I honestly don't care that much. But at his Mass, he said something interesting. Francis said, in all his great mercy and compassion, quote, We need to overcome our self-absorption, our interior rigidity, which is a temptation of today's Restorationists, who want an ordered, all-rigid church. This is not the Holy Spirit. We need to overcome this. End quote. Interestingly, almost a week ago, I did an episode on Advent traditions, where I called for fasting and doing acts of penance to restore the church during the coming Advent season, because that's what Advent is actually about. Anyway, Advent is a season of both joyful preparation for the coming of our blessed Lord, but it's also a season of penance and fasting. I know that seems a little strange, given how things are celebrated now, but that's what I did, and I said it was for the fast for the for the restoration of the church. And I'm honestly sure that Francis suddenly calling us restorationists for the first time ever is a coincidence. Honestly, it's a coincidence. But I do have to ask a basic question here: What in the world is Francis admitting to? There are two astonishing things said in the statement, so let's break the statement down. First, the concept of a quote-unquote rigid restorationist, which is a revealing concept coming from Francis the Great Charitable One, if there ever was. Remember, folks, Francis said in Traditionis Custodis that the Novus Ordo is the sole and unique expression of the Roman Rite of Mass, which is blatantly not true, but that's what he said. Recently, Cardinal Blazing Cupcake Soupich said that the Francis acted in was acting so as to essentially save the Second Vatican Council, and that the Mass, the traditional Latin Mass, was suppressed to save the Council. Elsewhere, bishops have said that the reforms of the Church are irreversible. What is Francis admitting to? Our charge against the modernists has been pretty simple all these years, that the modernists gave us the ape of the Church, this false Church of prophecy, that what they have bequeathed to us is not the Catholic Church, what we see parading on our televisions and being preached at the Mass on Sunday is not the faith of our fathers. For the church founded by Christ upon the rock of Peter would never preach ecumenism, liberty of dogma, or even things more brazen in our time under Francis, this astonishing alliance between the church and the forces of Satan that we've seen. The only thing any of us in the traditional world would have been trying to restore is something overtly Catholic, and that's it. That's all we've been trying to restore— in both liturgy and in the teachings of the faith. But the second astonishing thing that he said is this, the desire to have an ordered church is somehow seen as a negative thing. Francis is preaching chaos here, pure, unadulterated chaos. I'll remind you of something that my friend Bug Hall likes to say, that the wood of the cross is rigid. 
What we want is the church to conform to the gospel. We want the church to teach the gospel and to preach to the Caesars of the world, Christ crucified and risen from the dead. That's what we want. A church as rigid as the cross that bore our Savior in the great and sorrowful moment of redemption for the world. And Francis doesn't seem to get that, or he's opposed to it. Neither of which is that surprising, all things considered. As the writer Deacon Nick Donnelly said about this on Twitter, quote, The whole point of being rigid about the doctrines of the faith is that it isn't self-absorbed. It's the opposite. It's God-absorbed. End quote. That's precisely right. We as Catholics are expected to surrender our egos to Christ the King, to give everything, including ourselves, to Jesus Christ. This surrender to our Lord rests firmly on the ground of believing what the Church believes and accepting it without reservation. The problem we run into in our times is that for the past several decades, it's been demonstrable over and over again that the popes have preached things that go against the deposit of the faith on a rather large number of issues, and Francis just has made it more obvious than his immediate predecessors have, given his general clumsy delivery and his terrible writers. If you don't believe he has terrible writers, go check a, take a look at the Francis Twitter account sometime. It'll blow your mind. Francis's rage against traditionalists that we see going on full steam ahead right now is based on how much of a flop Traditionis Custodis has been. Instead of bridging any divides in the church, it has made them larger, especially really among the bishops. Cardinal Supich has been going all out in an effort to get the bishops to ban the Latin Mass across the United States and has found a very unreceptive audience among the bishops, which isn't that surprising for any number of reasons. An excerpt from a new book on Francis's Latin Mass ban makes this clear. This excerpt is taken from a book called From Benedict's Peace to Francis's War, and it's pretty insightful. Quote, What can we deduce about Rome's strategy? Reading between the lines. Francis's two texts clearly show that the Pope wants to eradicate the traditionalist world from the Church and to assure that the Mass of St. Pius V disappears. It prevents the movements from taking shape, forbidding any new groups and setting up obstacles for any diocesan priest who wants to celebrate with the old Ordo Missae. The motu proprio envisions those devoted to the extraordinary form one day using the new missal, meaning the bogus ordo. The stage is set for the f a future in which the traditional mass will be celebrated only by the Society of St. Pius X and its satellites. The Pope's strategy seems to be to push the resistance toward the Society of St. Pius X so that the whole traditional world concentrates there, where they will be isolated and controlled on their little reservation, cut off from Rome and the dioceses, maintaining just enough connection to avoid formal schisms. This explains why the Pope is not seeking full reconciliation with the Society of St. Pius X, but has shown great generosity toward them by recognizing the full validity of their nuptial unions and confessions, encouraging people to welcoming them into the, their churches during pilgrimages to Rome, etc. End quote. From Benedict's piece to Francis's War is written by Peter Kwasniewski, and a special thanks to Julia Maloney, author of a new book of her own on the St. Gallen Group, for sharing that excerpt on social media, which is where I found it. I haven't had a chance to read that book yet. I'll add this, though. The end stage for Francis's acts corralling everyone who refuses to submit to a liturgy and theology designed rather explicitly by the enemies of the Church is excommunication. That's where this is heading. That is the end state of all of this. It will be an illicit and invalid excommunication, like what was done to Archbishop Lefebvre, but it's going to happen, and it's going to happen sooner than anyone thinks. The bishops of the SSPX are not exactly getting any younger, and they are facing a time when they'll have to consecrate more bishops to keep the SSPX going. 
And when that happens, the Vatican will cite the same dubious canons cited before and the same dubious logic and excommunicate those bishops as well as much of the faithful taking shelter from modernism with the SSPX. It's coming, unless something else changes. The one group not getting excommunicated anytime soon are the self-described Catholic public servants who defend with their last breath the issue that because of the constraints of this place I have to just call the Moloch issue. The main debate that most Catholics know about in America and well beyond is the topic of the unworthy reception of the Eucharist at Mass by not only the typical layperson who hasn't darkened the doors of a confessional in many, many months, if not years, but especially the unworthy reception of the Eucharist by Catholics in the public eye who disagree overtly with the Church on the non-negotiables. Be they the parody of the nuptial sacrament that Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church advocates for, or the Moloch issue, or any number of other hot-button issues. The USCCB are meeting in Baltimore right now to discuss this. This is the final day of their meeting, and while they, we expect Cardinal Supich to try to derail this meeting and focus the, on getting all the meany, rigid American bishops, I can't even say that with a straight face, but he wants to get them to end the Latin Mass, we know this, First, before that can happen, the bishops are trying to address this whole sacrilegious communion issue. That's been the focus for a lot of normal Catholics not terribly concerned with liturgical or theological matters in the church, but they are right to be focused on this. This is an important thing. We should not forget about it. To give you an idea of how bad the state of things are in the Catholic hierarchy right now and in the Catholic media, in America, the U.S. bishops thought it prudent to let disgraced Cardinal Mahoney talk to the Catholic media. Yeah, Mahoney, friend of McCarrick. Someone with some of those same issues surrounding him as well. Yeah, that Cardinal Mahoney. What Mahoney had to say to the Catholic media is astonishing, even for a strident modernist like him. Here's what the erstwhile Cardinal had to say about sacrilegious communion for unrepentant public sinners who happen to be public servants. Quote, You've brought up the fact that the original debate that the document, the forthcoming document on the Eucharist, Sparked was definitely about the fact that it was concentrating perhaps on targeting a message to Moloch-supporting politicians, and yet Catholics in the United States and other places in the world have had to endure a lot of revelation and scandalous behavior regarding priests and bishops. Why haven't we heard something similar against these grave sins against communion? End quote. Now, if he's talking about Pastor Jimmy Martin and others who promote sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance, then sure, why not? Let's throw them into the document on worthy reception of the Eucharist, too. I'm all for it. But here's the problem. Mahoney is engaging in whataboutism. Well, if this is supposed Catholic public servant is so bad, isn't this bad priest bad, too? Why not focus on them? It's an interesting thing, throwing his fellow clergymen under the bus to defend Caesar's access to the Eucharist, but maybe we need to be reminded of what sacred scripture says about this. St. Paul in 1 Corinthians says that, uh, well, something I'm sure you're familiar with, quote, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord, end quote. In other words, they commit sacrilege. They profane the holiest of holies, the Eucharist. Look, I'm not wild about the modern catechism of the Catholic Church, and I rarely cite it, but it has something useful to say here. Quote, the Lord addresses an invitation to us, urging us to receive him in the sacrament of the Eucharist. Truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. To respond to this invitation, we must prepare ourselves for so great and so holy a moment. End quote. See Catechism of the Catholic Church, numbers 1384 and 1385. 
To this, we can add something that one of the greatest but least quoted saints in our time had to say about this. St. John Chrysostom is probably at the top of the list of inappropriate saints in our time, inappropriate in the minds of the modernists and anyone else concerned about the opinion of the world. On this, St. John Chrysostom says, quote, I too raise my voice. I beseech, I beg, and implore that no one draw near to this sacred table with a sullied and corrupt conscience. Such an act, in fact, can never be called communion, not even were we to touch the Lord's body a thousand times over. But condemnation, torment, and increase of punishment, end quote. We, the faithful, have demanded that certain unnamed Catholic public servants be denied the Eucharist, not as some sign of the Church taking sides in the secular Great Divide, but because it is a matter of the salvation of souls, of all those involved, and of those who watch them receive without repenting of their similar sins. That's what's at stake here. Souls. Nothing else. As much as I very much dislike these public servants, I want them to repent of their sins and positions on these things so that they do not get cast into the outer darkness where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth, to paraphrase the warning of our Lord. And the problem here is this. I started on Francis's incredible statement about rigid restorationists to make a point. Who is going to get excommunicated? Who is going to be treated like a pariah? The public servant who flouts canon law and the moral law of God, or the traditional Catholic who wants the faith taught without novelty, who wants the liturgy to be the same as what our ancestors had, who's, and wants the church to stand against evil instead of allying with it, who's going to be excommunicated first? We all know the answer to that question because it's happened already and will happen again. So brace yourselves, because not only will this document on the Eucharist be at least a half-hearted document full of half-measures, not only that, because that's bad enough, but the war against sacred tradition by men who appear to occupy offices in the church will continue into the future as well. And until that happens, you and I must stay the course, rigidly cling to the rigid wood of the cross of Christ and the eternal truths of the faith, regardless of what Paca Papa Francis and probably the forthcoming Francis II are going to have to say on the matter. Pray for the U.S. bishops because the USCCB's Baltimore meeting isn't over yet, not by a long shot. Today is expected to be its final day, but who really knows what will happen in the final speeches given. So keep a vigilant eye out for any unexpected surprises. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.